This is Carl the Jackal Frampton. Hi, this is David Healy. Hello, this is Stephen Ferris. Hi, I'm Bethany Ferris. My name is Shola Hamiobi. Inchonas Gutierrez. Hi, this is Harry Kewell. You're listening to the score. The score with Michael Clark. Welcome along to The Score with me, Michael Clark. Here's what's coming up on this week's programme. After a statement win at Solitude for Linfield on Tuesday night, all eyes now turn to Inver Park for the visit of Glen Torren. Larner currently on a 20-game unbeaten run in the Premiership. Will Warren Feeney's men be able to bring that to an end? They might well rely on in-form striker David Fisher. He joins us on the show shortly. We're also going to be discussing the takeover at Coleraine. Will it be every bit as good for the bandsiders as they are hoping? We're going to bring you the inside scoop from journalist Damien Mullen and Anna United manager Kira McGurgan will be on the programme. They want to build on their recent performances to push for a top half finish in the championship. Next up, a meeting with league leaders Dundella, who have found themselves in the news lately. It was confirmed they'll not be eligible for promotion even if they were to win the division. It's all coming up right here on The Score. The Score with Michael Clark. Uh, it's great to be in your company once again. We have a cracking show coming up for you. And before we get into our guests, we've got some big news. We have a big announcement. Competition time. Five pairs of tickets must go for the Bet McLean Cup final on Sunday the 10th of March. An exclusive competition for you, our wonderful listener, and if you want to enter, and frankly, why would you not want to enter, this is how easy it is. Send us an email to thescoreni at gmail.com. Tell us who you are. Tell us who you will be supporting, either Portadown or Linfield. And hit send. That's it. You'll be entered into the draw, and we'll announce the winners on next week's programme. And as I say, five pairs of tickets up for grabs. So if you want to get your hands on one of those pairs of tickets, that is all you have to do. Spread the word, and good luck. The Score with Michael Clark. Now let's talk about the big game tonight. I'm sure you're excited for it. Lauren against Glentoran at Inver Park. And joining us from the Glens is their striker, David Fisher. David, great to have you on the programme. How are you? Yeah, I'm very well, thanks. How are you? I'm doing brilliantly, thank you. And I have to start the programme by apologising because I've been calling you David for the last few weeks and I've found out that isn't how to say your name. So uh, do you want to just confirm to our listeners that I haven't gone crazy by changing it up? No, I haven't gone crazy. It's David. It's David. <laughs> and this is because... Uh, of a, a Czech connection, so this is this is where the pronunciation comes from. Your mum is from the Czech Republic. Yep, uh, my mum's Czech and my dad's English, so I've got that sort of half and half going. But um, yeah, definitely, definitely pronounced David. So please, everybody, from now on, whether you're a commentator or a supporter, get his name right. And I promise I'm going to do the very same. If I don't, you can slap me on the wrist the next time you see me. Uh, <laughs> but on more pressing matters, I mean, you're, you're flying, was it nine goals in your last seven? You're, you're scoring goals for fun and you look like someone that's really enjoying his football. Just how good uh, are you finding things at the moment? Yeah, no, I'm really enjoying it at the moment, you know, obviously getting the goals now and the rewards for hard work that's been done um, obviously like I said to you before I found it a little bit hard coming over for the first month or so trying to get myself sharp and uh, trying to get my fitness up and everything like that but obviously now like once that's once that's all done I think now like everything's showing and obviously showing the gaffer that I can be the player that obviously he's brought me over to be so um, yeah really enjoying it at the moment and long may it continue and what has the experience of being away from home been like it's the first time in your career you faced that yeah um, I've actually really enjoyed it to be honest because back at home I had to I had to share 
like a bedroom with my brother so <laughs> um now i've got like obviously my own room my own space now so uh actually enjoy it a little bit more so i've got it i can do it obviously i've got my own space and everything so um no i'm really enjoying it and get like getting stuff that i want to get from the shop do you know what i mean like having dinners <laughs> that i want rather than maybe something that mom's cooked or whatever so um obviously different experience but i'm really enjoying it and i'm obviously loving we're coming up to belfast it's a lovely city so yeah really enjoying that yeah you've got a bit of independence now i'm sure somewhere listening to this is your brother going and i don't have to put up with you <laughs> yeah that's literally it he's he's absolutely loving life back there so that's what he tells me anyway <laughs> Well, it's all working out. Uh, this game uh, later on tonight, obviously, a lot of people looking at it. Lauren have had such a great season. They're on this unbeaten run. And you, on your day as a club, have proven just how lethal you can be. The criticism is that it hasn't been consistent enough. But, I mean, after the 8-2 win last week, you're going to want to be able to think that you can bring something like that form into tonight. Yes, um... I think that's been our problem quite a lot of the season, just that consistency. Um, like, we show glimpses that we can do it. Like, we won eight to obviously against Nuri last week. We had uh, six against Local, six against someone else, I think, as well. So, like, that's there. Like, but we just need to make sure that that's there every game and make sure that we just don't make mistakes because obviously we've looked back at the games against Larn and especially like County Gensham Shield, like we look at it and we go, well, Lahn didn't actually have that many chances or they may have had the possession, but they didn't really do as much as perhaps we thought during the game and we were just there quite disappointed, like, okay, well, they didn't actually do much with it. Why why are we conceding these goals and everything like that? So I think this time it's just about making sure we tighten up at the back and take our chances up top. And then, obviously, as as you do, you win those games. So, that's what we want. The other game was the 6-0 against Coleraine, where you scored a hat-trick. So, uh, yes. uh, you were being modest there, just not wanting to highlight that yourself, perhaps. <laughs> what, you know, Looking at Lauren, um, do you prepare differently coming into a game like this, knowing that they are so hard to score against? What's that like preparing for as a striker? Um. Obviously, they've. I think they've only conceded sixteen goals in the league this year. Is mm-hmm. it? I think it's. I think it's something like that. But yeah, that's right. As a striker, like you look at that and you go, "All right, it's, t- it's going to be a tough game." But I think um, for myself, I just I don't really treat it like any other game. I think everything's everything stays the same for me. I still play the same game, um, and I think I think it showed. Like I've played twice against Lyon and I've like scored two goals against them. So. I feel like I've got something that can sort of unlock them a little bit. Um, but that's it's not taken away from the fact that they are very tough to play against, especially like the first half in the county Antrim, like felt like I kind of struggled a little bit in there um, until I sort of found my rhythm. And then the second half, it was a lot better. But um, like I said, nothing changes. You just look at look at little bits and pieces on video and look at where we can perhaps hurt them a little bit more so yeah and what have you made of the premiership um you know you came in you'd make yourself took a little while to, you didn't have a pre-season or anything to really build on so you had to try and get your grounding but um you, you look like you're making pretty light work of it all things considered um what's your assessment on uh, the the talent across the league so I think, personally, I think the league's very split, or not split, but like it varies a lot as you go from your big four or five teams, obviously Cruz, uh, Linfield, Larn, and Cliftonville, like those sort of teams, those are your hard, hard games. Um, and like no no sort of obviously disrespect to the ones a little bit below, but like those were, those are the games where we go into it and we go right we have to beat these lot and we're going to try and beat them by however much we can um so i think the league's the league's the league's very strong like top 5 but obviously as as uh, as you go down the league it's a little bit uh a little bit less but i think that's also because 
because you've got like young talent coming through, especially at like Palomino. Like you look at their team, they're very, very young. Um, so um, I think that might be a factor as well in that. So yeah, I think it's very, very split across across the league. But your top five are very strong. And did anything uh, prepare you for? I guess how. You know the the Glen Torren supporter very vocal. I don't know how it compares to the Wimbledon crowd or anything like that. But there's such a you know historical expectation on Glen Torren. Those fans want to see you guys up and challenging for titles again. Uh, well, you know years ago they were wanting that, and they're they're still they're still hoping for it. Um, it's a little bit different, obviously. Um, at Wimbledon, I wasn't quite a first teamer there. Uh, although I was in and around it, so didn't really um, get like get to sort of know the fans a little as as much as I probably would have liked. But um, definitely here, there's an expectation uh, to, to go and win uh, every game that is, um, and I actually really like that. I don't don't really like being the underdog or anything like that. Like I want to go to games knowing right. You're expected to score. You're expected to win, and I actually kind of like that. Um, like it's, it's it's kind of weird to say. I kind of like that little bit of a pressure pressure on me to go and play well rather than, oh, let's go to a game and maybe get a result here. Do you know what I mean? I think mm-hmm. I think I, I think there's that expectation here, especially noticed as soon as I came through the door. Um, looking on sort of Twitter and whatnot, uh, the fans obviously very vocal and there, but. You know, like when we're when we're at the games and we're playing well, they're 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 there, they're supporting. So uh, you can't you can't say much else really. And when you're a goal scorer and your manager was a goal scorer, uh, d- does that you know help you in some ways, or or do you nearly go, gosh, I, I can't have any excuses with this guy because he knows. <laughs> no, I think that, I think it's been a good thing. I was asked asked this question uh, before, maybe a couple of weeks ago, but like when there was a little period I think in like October where I was like when I went to the gaffer or November or so I was like uh, I'm scoring goals or I've scored a few goals but I haven't quite scored goals like I've, I want to score more goals in the box that's sort of something that I want to try and work on because when I look at my goals that I've scored this year they're all in and around the box or like they're tidy good finishes so like being able to go to the gaffer and be like right I want to score more goals here. Like, what can you like? You can go into, you can go to his experience and be like, all right, okay. So this is what I did. This is this is how I think you should do it. Do you know what I mean? I think it's, I think it's really good personally. Um, and obviously, he's a lot. He says it himself, but he's a lot tougher on us because uh, obviously he he sees things as a striker as well. So sometimes we might hear our names being called on the pitch, but obviously we know that the expectation from him is pretty high, especially how we're playing right now. So. Um, yeah, I think it's a really good thing, personally. You definitely hear him calling, don't you? <laughs> definitely. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear. Uh, not the only manager that can get his point across. It should be pointed out. Uh, in terms of, I know you know you, there's nearly an obsession with tactics and things like that these days. Do you like that kind of front three? Do you prefer a two? Have you any sort of preference as to you know whether you've a man beside you or whether you're the the focal point? Um, I think right now I think I'm really liking playing up top with Junes because um, obviously I think we complement each other quite well um, I think I'm a bit more direct as opposed to him who likes to maybe come in link up a little bit play uh, play a little bit I think um, we've got that sort of perfect combo where like I said we've got that slight opposite where I want to be more direct and get at people and whatnot. So I think it works really well like that, and I'm, right now I think that's that's what I prefer. But obviously, I don't mind playing in sort of any set, any sort of setup. And the fact that you've committed to a contract already to me says, you know, you see that this is going places for you. It's a it's a mutually beneficial arrangement. Yeah, 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 yeah. Of course. Um, why would you stop what's what's working? Do you know what I mean? Like. I was really enjoying myself. Love Belfast, love the city. So I don't see there was no reason to sort of not say no to anything. So yeah. 
always gives fans that little bit of hope as well. There's obviously speculation about who goes where in the summer, which comes when any contracts come into an end. So they'll they'll be happy to see that you're staying put. Um, looking at this season and the the aspirations, obviously you want to finish as high as you can in the league. You want to qualify for Europe. Uh, if you can and one great route to do that is the Irish Cup which is also a great chance of silver where it's not something your manager shied away from he wants to win every competition and, and he really really does you can see that um, what's that like at the moment uh, you know looking at the Irish Cup uh, is it really kind of wor- what it's all about at this stage now you have to go and win it somehow yeah I think like you said we're going to try and finish as high as we can in the league but I think Irish Cup and making sure we get that European spot at the very least is very important but obviously like you said silverware as a player as well like you want to win stuff you want to be able to like show your kids grandkids that, that it's what I did so um, silverware is really important we're going to make sure we do everything we can to go and get there and I think we've got a good route down towards the final um, so I think yeah, very, very, very confident move. You can get something out of that for sure. And just before I let you go, I'm always interested to learn a bit more about our guests. Your journey through football, I mean, you only turned 22 in December, so a very young man. Uh, all your best years ahead of you, without question. Uh, where did the football bug come from? Um, was there someone in your family in particular, or who were the early inspirations? Uh, definitely my dad, I would say. Uh, I think when I speak to him like he said that I was kicking a ball when I was like two and and whatnot and he's always been somebody who's been pretty tough on me uh when I was younger especially because he was he was my first coach um at my Sunday league team and everything like that so um he's helped me out a lot uh during the years and making sure I was doing my football practice even though maybe sometimes I wanted to be on the on the PS3 back in the day um so yeah, definitely my dad. I would say in that. Uh, and there's no escaping it either. Is there really when that's going on at home? Is it get back out and train? At least you're reaping the rewards for it now. Does he say I told you yeah. so? Uh, he doesn't, <laughs> but I'm pretty sure he thinks that. So um, I'll, I'll I'll give him it though because obviously uh, where I am now, I've got to, got to say massive thanks to obviously him and obviously my mum as well being there. So yeah. And in terms of experiences so far, I mean, how big was Wimbledon for you in your development? Do you think that's kind of given you that that grounding to be able to kick on and now start performing at you know a regular basis for a senior club? Yeah, um, Wimbledon obviously didn't quite go to the sort of way that I would have wanted. Um, I think, like you, you touched on the experiences, they gave me a lot of experience in different sort of things. Um, Obviously, I've been out on loan a little bit as well, and had in like last season. I think kind of killed me with injuries and maybe some decisions from higher up didn't didn't quite go the way that I wanted. But like, I think it's it's, it's a good experience, and obviously going forward for the future, you can learn from that. And I think having this having the experience that I've had young can set me up for the future quite well. Um, so I think it's been it's been good so far, and obviously I can I can go on I can go back on the experience I've had before, maybe like different things, like for example, uh, maybe pushing myself a little bit too hard when my body's trying to say right you're not you're not ready for that yet or something like that. Like I can go out, okay, cool, I can manage myself a little bit more injury wise. So um, yeah, definitely definitely experience that I can that I can uh, learn from. You don't seem to lack motivation. I think that's fair to say. You can see you get quite fired up. Do you talk yourself through games? Is there, are you? Do you kind of have that thing? Because I can always kind of see that look in your face as if you know little moments in games. You kind of get angry and then you go and do something and then you chill out again. <laughs> yeah, some like <laughs> if I don't do something that I that I wanted or um, maybe something that that I did didn't quite come off the way I wanted sometimes I might give myself a little bit of a little bit of a talk and be like oh, come <laughs> on like what are you doing um, and then next thing like obviously I like, used a bit fired up and then try to try to do something else like 
once obviously once that thing's done like it's done so I don't really dwell on it too much and just try and go to the next phase of play and try and do something um that's what I obviously at my, on, on my gameplay like I try tried to do stuff I don't try and try and be safe with it so maybe sometimes that's why I'm a little bit more angry at myself than I should be <laughs> it's only human it makes total sense and the thing is you're able to control it you know so fans like to see that but you know he cares he, he wants to do well and I, don't, I think it always endears people to you when they they see a wee yeah. bit of wearing your heart in your sleeve which is okay it would, it would only be a problem if it took over and then made you do the next thing wrong and the next thing wrong and the next thing wrong which doesn't seem to be the case well, hopefully, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone will be watching you now later on tonight just to see uh, what exactly I'm referring to. Anyway, David, it's been great having you on the programme. Thank you for coming on to The Score. Yeah, no problem. Really enjoyed being on it. The Score with Michael Clark. That will be a really good game later on tonight. Lauren against Glen Torren, and I'm pleased to say I'll be at that one. I'm going to Windsor Park tomorrow for Linfield against Balamini United. All the Saturday games in the Premiership, 3 o'clock kickoffs. There are five of them. The other matches being Crusaders against Glenavon, Dungannon Swifts against Cliftonville, Lockall take on Carrick Rangers, and Newry City host Coleraine. And speaking of Coleraine, big news confirmed after our programme went off the air last week that their takeover has gone through and Mark McIntosh obviously had his finger on the pulse he said he thought it was nearing completion it certainly was so now let's find out the details shall we and to do that we're joined on the show at this time by the sports editor of the Chronicle that is Damien Mullen Damien thanks for coming on to the programme how are you? I'm very well, Michael. Thank you very much for the for the invite. Lovely to be on the score. And uh, yep, everything's good in Korean as we speak. And I'm sure Korean fans are delighted with this. So, what's the the feeling now that the takeover has gone through? You know, anyone tuning in to watch the game on the BBC were greeted with that news. Uh, the the papers have been awash with drips of information. And I believe for the official club podcast, you've been speaking to the new owners. Yeah, we were we were delighted uh, to have the two guys, Ronald McGregor Smith and Patrick Mitchell, um, on this week's Korean FC podcast. Um, we were also fortunate enough to meet them on Friday afternoon. Uh, we had a good sit down chat with the two guys uh, prior to the Linfield game on Friday night. Um, so we had a good chat, and then obviously the match took place. But I don't think. Anybody could have quite foreseen what happened on Friday night. Um, the, just the manner of the game, uh, the way it worked out, and obviously the three three nil victory for the Bandsiders, I think was more than anybody in the ground could have hoped for. And I can tell you, at the end of the game, the two guys were wearing the widest smiles I think you could ever <laughs> hope to see. Um, and as one wag, I think did say to them, you know owning a football club's easy isn't it because you know they walk in on the Friday afternoon have a bit of a chat with the, the, the people around the club and then on the field the players go out and, and defeat Linfield 3-0 in, in such a, a convincing fashion um, and really I suppose it was just like a perfect storm Michael one of those days where good news off the field allied to a, a good performance on the field as well and there's certainly no doubt that all the events um, taken together have breathed a little bit of fresh enthusiasm back into the club because let's face it, it has been a, a difficult period for Oren Kearney and the, and the players. Most certainly and I felt that in covering recent Coleraine games and, and we can maybe talk about the season in just a moment but I'm interested in these two gentlemen the, the that you've named Ronald McGregor-Smith and Patrick Mitchell what are their plans with the club and, and what does this investment mean in real terms what can we expect to see? Yeah well you know I, I think what's probably important to set out at the start from my talking my chats to the to the pair is that they're quite adamant that it's not like almost what you might call it, like a quick fix, if you like. 
Um, from speaking to them, you know, they're obviously investors. They're, they're both London-based businessmen, although they did they um, did grow up in Korea and went to school at the Korean Instant Korean, left uh, Korean, went to university in England and subsequently forged very successful businesses uh, in London. Um, but sorry, getting back to your question, I think they're quite insistent that it's not like we're going to just throw money at it and we're just going to bring in like uh, you know players and hopefully try to win the league next year i think what is very clear from um, having a couple of chats with the guys now uh, and the word that kept coming back was sustainability and um, they're looking at it like maybe uh, you know i wouldn't put a time scale i don't think they would put a time scale on it either but the investment that was announced at the start they say that that hasn't changed. There, I think there were some speculation in, in some newspapers and media outlets that the uh, the amount of investment had changed since the initial talks had taken place. They said that wasn't true. The um, the money is there. It, it's um, been signed over, etc. The money is in place. Uh, they want to create a sustainable club. And I think what is also quite interesting, uh, Michael is that while these two guys are sort of public at the moment, they did say that there is room down the line for other investors to come uh, to come on board. They obviously are well placed in, 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 in London and in business people as well. Um, and I get the impression <clears throat> that yes, this initial investment is in the club, but I would not be surprised if in the coming months, years, whatever you like, that other investors will come on board. Uh, they could be London-based, they could be US-based or whatever. So I think that's quite an exciting and an interesting development that yes, the initial investment is very uh, encouraging, but there could be more to come uh, in the future. Mm, very interesting. And when you, you know, when you talk about sustainability, it's such a difficult thing to achieve. Uh, well, I'm sure in business in general, but football business, everyone will tell you, you're, you're on a hiding to nothing when you own a football club quite often. So with Corian and this investment, do you think it'll be initially off the field things to try and uh, create some sort of structure there, whether that's improvements to the stadium or can we expect uh, you know an influx of cash going into the, the playing squad to try and you know bolster performances on the field? Yeah, I think what, what, what's important to, to sort of note here is that the two guys uh, Ronald said that their interest in Korean uh, ironically harks back to a conversation that he had with Kenny Bruce uh, of Larn and I think at one point Kenny had maybe said to Ronald they know each other through business and Kenny had suggested maybe Ronald getting involved with Larn Football Club uh, and Ronald's response was that's great but you know, I'm from up the road, 50 miles up the road. Mm. Why would I get involved with Larn? You know, why not get involved with my hometown club, Korean? Uh, and that was how the initial discussions came about with, with the board at Korean uh, and Colin McKendry. Um, and Larn and the model at Larn, if you like, I would suggest could be a template that Korean may be inclined to follow. Um, and what is particularly relevant is if you compare where Larn were when Kenny Bruce took over uh, to where Korean are at present, and that was something that the two guys brought up in our conversations, was that when Kenny took over at Larn, uh, with the greatest of respect, you know, Larn were in the championship. Uh, I think maybe their average home gates maybe less than 100 at that particular time. Um, Kenny Bruce had to then, with his people, look about setting up an infrastructure of a, a maybe a, of a new football, of new pitch, uh, floodlights, uh, et cetera, et cetera. Um, when you compare where Larn were to where Korean currently are, uh, the infrastructure is a lot more advanced. Um, obviously, the money was spent on a new pitch at Korean. Uh, they recently got a grant to develop a training pitch uh, behind the main pitch at the showgrounds, another 4G pitch. Um, they're obviously hopeful of getting some of the uh, sub-regional stadia funds as well. Um, so when you compare the two, I think Korean are a lot further down the line in terms of infrastructure. Um, so with that said, 
yes, I think they'll still look to improve the facilities at the ground to bring in more young fans, maybe more female fans, etc. But in time as well, I think there will be a, a renewed emphasis on the playing uh, staff at Korean. Um, now, that doesn't mean to say that I think that they're going to just go out and throw silly money at players in the hope of winning a league this time next year or anything like that. I think they've planned it out. Uh, they'll think maybe again, uh, following Lauren's example, look to different markets, maybe Scotland, England, whatever the case may be, bringing in players on loan from championship clubs across the water, for example, um, and also developing, I think, uh, the academy structure at Korean as well, with a view to uh, attracting the best young players in the area, bringing them into the academy, giving them a shot at full-time football. If they break through into the first team, brilliant. And then if they go on and maybe get a transfer across the water, the club stands to make a few pounds. That's a bonus as well. So I think all things said, I think they seem to have a very sensible approach to moving forward and one that uh, sounds encouraging from a Korean fan's point of view. If you're on Kearney, it's an interesting time as well. You're thinking, okay, well, maybe I'm about to get a bit more backing, but um, are they going to go, uh, and sorry, Chelsea fans, but all Ted Bowley on this and he's going to be handed players without any sign-off or, or is there any inclination as to how that structure might work? Because recruitment, especially when you're um, looking to bring in players and there's you know higher fees potentially involved, it, it's a business in itself. It is, uh, you know, that's a funny comparison to Ted Bowley at Chelsea. I, I know what you're saying, but I think, Michael, you know, anybody that knows Irish League football and maybe knows Korean Football Club in particular, uh, I would suggest that there's very little happens uh, in terms of anything around the club that Oren Kearney doesn't have his fingerprints mm-hmm. on. Um, I couldn't foresee a situation where uh, players would be coming in over his head without him having a, a say on the matter. Um, it's like Orton he's been in the job a long time uh, he moved in, in January and it was quite interesting to note that the players that he brought in in the January transfer window um, are probably players that are going to suit a full time model moving forward you had Rory Brown the goalkeeper came in from Glenavon Jamie McGonigal obviously came back to the club from Derry City and of course Jack Scott once of, of Linfield uh, and I think those three guys, if I'm right in saying, are sort of already um, full-time. They do extra sessions at the club as well, in addition to the part-time uh, players coming in for the evening sessions. But back to your original question, uh, Michael, I would say that um, any players coming in or any development on the playing side uh, will have Oren Curtis stamp uh, all over it. It's been such a difficult season for him and the players. I know injuries have certainly played their part, but um, you know the last few months have been such turmoil. It has felt like is this light at the end of the tunnel for Korean, or is there still some way to go? Uh, Michael, it's been a tough couple of months. I can tell you that for for nothing. Um, I, I suppose in many ways, uh, Korean fans and, and and us working in the local media, Korean as well for. For the past couple of years, I suppose we were a little bit spoilt by success uh, in terms of being challenging for uh, the league title and, and, and cup competitions and trophies. And we've all kind of gotten used to that. And, and, and in many ways, you could argue that the club and, and Oren as a manager are victims of their own success in that respect. Um, it's been a it's been a torrid couple of months, and, and you did make reference to the the injuries there and. You know, and I, I know that all teams have injuries and, and, and that's not an excuse and, and I don't think Owen Kearney has ever probably used that as an excuse. Um but it was interesting in in the, the wake of Friday night's game and Owen in his post match interviews, uh he, he just threw out a couple of little stats there just to give it a bit of relevance and he was saying that the back four which played against Linfield and, and interestingly kept a clean sheet. Um, that back four before Friday night's game uh, had played 60 minutes on the park together at 35 games or whatever it is this season already so um, Stevie O'Donnell and Graham Kelly who he would argue or we would argue are the two best centre halves I think have maybe played three games together this season so 
when you lose that and you lose your midfielders and you lose Matthew Shevlin last year's top goal scorer in the Irish League, that puts a massive dent in the club and, and, and you're maybe bringing in players that aren't ready to play just at that level as, as, as Warren maybe would have, would have wanted. So, but all that taken into consideration, it has been a horrendous run of form. Um, I think nine, I think nine without, nine, seven, seven losses, I think it was in a row, etc. And, you know, you're losing at home and with the greatest, greatest of respects, you're losing games at home in December to teams in the bottom six that, you know, Korean historically wouldn't have. Um, so it has been a bad run, but certainly you talk about light at the end of the tunnel and I think Friday night's performance has given everybody a bit of hope that yes, the club can finish strongly this season. But that said, it's okay, Michael. You know, you win three nil under the lights on a Friday night in front of the BBC cameras against Linfield. But you've got to back that up now. Korean are away to Newry City on Saturday. There'll be less of a, a crowd there. There'll be less razzmatazz around the place. And I suggest, or I would argue that that's equally a bigger game as playing Linfield at home on Friday night. You go down to Newry on Saturday and if you can back up Friday night's win and get another three points, consolidate sixth place in the league, suddenly things look a hell of a lot brighter. And I'm always curious as to get a, a window into the, the life of our guests. When you are, you know, a, a local person, sports editor of the paper, there, you know the people. It's not the same as somebody outside of Coleraine looking through the window and having an opinion. You're you're in the coal face of it. You do the club's official podcast. What 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 are the last few months like for you? It must be must be pretty difficult to have to keep trying to find the words for everything that has gone on. It is, you know, because it is difficult. And funny, I think that that came up the other day when we were we were talking in, in the press box. Actually, that you know, I suppose when you when you're like, yes, we're we're professionals, we're journalists, and we, we cover the thing. But you obviously build relationships with management and the players at the club. That's that's just uh, you know inevitable, isn't it? Um, so you obviously feel the frustration of them, you feel the frustration and the disappointment of fans as well and it has been difficult in <clears throat> today's modern era with social media particularly um, you know criticism uh, by fans gets a wide following or a wide exposure maybe more so than it would have done 10-15 years ago when there was no social media but it has been difficult <sighs> because everybody feels it and you know you walk around the town or you're going somewhere and you know everybody's talking about the club and how's it going and what's happening and can we not win a game um so professionally it is very very difficult because you know we're all human and we all would prefer to be writing about a winning team or as readers of a newspaper you would rather be reading about your team winning a trophy or winning games. It's much more pleasurable, obviously. Um, but that said, I guess, you know, if you're a supporter, you support the club through thick and thin. And it's the same as the newspaper, uh, same in your job, Michael. Our job, we, we report the facts. We, we, we try to give a bit of analysis as well. We try to reflect the good and the bad. Um, we try to stay neutral. We don't try to get involved as um, as such. So, yeah, it has been difficult. But, sure, you know, we've, we've had hard times before and I've no doubt the club will have hard times again. And as I'm sure plenty of people listening will say, we've real jobs, you're talking about football. <laughs> <laughs> I do get that. You know, funnily enough, my wife would say that the whole time too. If I say, "Oh, I'm away, I have to go cover this match," and she goes, "She's just you're just watching football," you know. So I get it. Listen, I've said it lots and lots of times. I am privileged in the job that I do. I'm very, very lucky. I love my job. Uh, it's very true. They always say, you know, find something that you like, and and you'll never work a day in your life. And I suppose that applies to me, and I, I guess it applies to you as well, Michael. We are very very fortunate um, in what we do as well um, wouldn't change it for the world and it's great And um, but obviously better when we're winning oh most certainly that I 
people say that to me all the time you just walk around and talk to people and there's an element of truth in that sometimes they sit down and talk to people as well I'm keen to point that out uh, just a, a couple of other matters uh, in the footballing sphere that I'd love to get your insight on uh, one uh, unfortunately is flares uh, what do we do with them um, they're illegal but a section of fans continue to use them and I'm not pointing the finger at any one club but we obviously saw Linfield supporters with them at the Coleraine showgrounds on Friday so that's just one example of it and you know people have had suspended jail sentences uh, as recently as last year for holding a couple of lit flares so you know do, do people realize what they're doing is wrong or is it just such a trend at the moment that kind of all sense goes out the window? Uh, do you know that's a very very good question Michael because Obviously, Friday night's game was live on the BBC, so I, I, I suppose a lot of people got to see uh, the visuals and, and the flares coming from one end of the, the ground. And it did hold up the start of the second half uh, somewhat for a few few moments. Um, you're right in what you say. You know, uh, they are illegal, but I, I just I don't understand. I don't understand. I don't know, Michael, if that message is getting through. Uh, to some people or to people that it is illegal and that you do face the prospect of maybe being taken to court and as you say maybe getting a suspended sentence and I'm sure nobody going to a football match wants to end up in a, in a situation or a scenario like that I don't know if the message is getting across maybe it's something that uh, the media maybe the, the footballing authorities maybe need to re-emphasize, re- reiterate as well. Um, I suppose the problem is maybe, and I'm not pointing fingers and I'm not making assumptions or generalizations here, but I would suggest or, or believe that it's a younger age group of supporters that are particularly interested in, in, in the flair side of things. Um, I don't think the older fans could be quite bothered, but I don't know, but then you know I've seen a few people as well, maybe on social media, saying perhaps about you know checks on the way in, um, you know supporters going into grounds, maybe increased or enhanced checks for them going in. I don't know, but it does seem to be a problem. Uh, you rightly say there are implications for anybody bringing flares in, so. Maybe the time is to get that message back out again, um, just to keep everybody right, because of, nobody wants to see anybody getting hauled before the courts because of that. No, we do not. And the thing is, there might be space somewhere down the line for football authorities in Northern Ireland to have a chat with the PSNI and say, can we you know, come to some sort of compromise about how this happens? Can we safely facilitate displays at certain times as long as there's a safety steward there or however many to, to satisfy a need? But at the moment, that compromise or that you know idea that is only an idea the, the compromise doesn't exist so you can't take it into your own hands and uh, I'm sorry if I'm annoying anybody who thinks Michael it's a bit of fun and you're being silly I just don't want to see anybody get themselves in trouble for something uh, yeah I mean I think I was reading obviously on the bag of it because it, it made the news um, following Friday night's game and I think I do recall reading somewhere in the last couple of days about maybe other leagues or other football places in the world where they do have separate sections uh, where you can do like flares or pyrotechnics or whatever that is. I might be wrong. I I, I vaguely recall reading something over the the last couple of days. Um, And that's kind of similar to what you're suggesting there, Michael, that maybe there could be a, a situation where you have a separate area within a ground or whatever where that can take place I don't know if that's something that A, the football authorities uh, and B, that the PS and I would be happy with um, that's not for me to say I, I'm not in a position to make a judgement but possibly Michael that could be something that uh, is looked at because if people are going to continue to do this then you know it's going to become a, a continuing problem I'm just imagining it now, some old fella in the ground and years you know, ahead from now going, in my day a smoking section was something totally different. <laughs> very, very good, very good. Listen, <laughs> society times change, isn't that right? You know, what happened 10, 15, 20 years ago, maybe not the case any longer. Um, and whether we like it or not, sometimes we just got to change with the times, haven't we? We've all got 
Damien, it's been great having you on the programme. Thank you very much for that look inside what's going on at Coleraine at the moment. Uh, Damien's the sports editor of The Chronicle. He also hosts the Coleraine FC official podcast, which you can go and listen to now with uh, their new owners to get a uh, further flavour of what is going on there. But for now, Damien, thanks so much for coming on to The Score. Michael, thank you very much for having me. The Score with Michael Clark. Brighter days ahead then for Coleraine. Uh, the bottom teams in the Premiership over the weekend were given a potential boost with the news that Dundella will not be able to get a promotion licence because Wilger Park's pitch is too narrow. That would mean if Dundella were to win the Championship there would be no automatic relegation or promotion. Instead the bottom place side in the Premiership would play the next highest place team in the Championship over two legs for that promotion relegation playoff so 12th versus second however if Dundella were to be second in the league then that playoff match would be between second bottom and third with the bottom team automatically going down and the winners going up hopefully you're with me still so that does mean that a couple of premiership teams will be probably rooting for Dundella between now and the end of the season but quite a few championship sides will be anybody but Dundella hoping to maximise their chances for promotion. Dundella's next opponents are Anna United. The manager of Anna United is on the programme now, and I want to catch up with Anna. This is not really about the Duns. That's just a little upshot on where things are at the moment. So let's welcome him back onto the show. Kieran McGurgan. Kieran, great to have you back on the programme. Thanks, Michael. Nice things. Things are great, thank you. And it looks like things are going well for Anna again after what's been a pretty difficult season, all things considered. Yeah, look, um, I think there's, I think everybody knows by now the 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 injury problems we've had. Um, look, I'm probably not going to shy away from the fact that it could have been something of of my own downfall. Where at the start of the year I said that we're going to go for quality over quantity, and um, it backfired when we when we were hit with a with a string of injuries, including our our number one signing uh, and and Ryan Swan, who, who's who's out for the season. So. Look at um like I said, just that is it just backfired on us. But yeah, um come because January couldn't couldn't come quick enough and we've got um got new players in and, and I don't think it's it's any surprise that our form has changed. It's it's purely been it's purely been down to to lack of lack of players being available. So now we have them available and we're and we're, we're flying again and we've seen some really, really good good quality. Um James Convey's coming from Dungannon and it's been, been unbelievable so like I say it's made a big difference and in terms of your ambitions now you're currently ninth, but you look up the table you're 9 points behind Portadown 11 po- who are 3rd 11 points behind Bangor who are 2nd the game in hand over both there's some good teams in between you uh, how how far can you climb what are you aiming to do between now and the end of the campaign uh, look if we, if, I think if we finish top 6 I think it'll be a good season all things considered um, and I think it'll give the boys a real bit of belief going into next season. That look, look at you know if we can put form together between now and the end of the year, this is what we could have done. Unfortunately, if we had a stead injury free, but look, that's just sometimes the way things go. Um, so I'm not we're not going to dwell on it. If we can if we can finish the season strong, we'll we'll go again next year. But certainly, certainly top six for us at this moment in time would be a would be a, a massive a massive plus. But as you just said, the, the teams in between is just the, the championship is an unbelievably hard league, and everybody has has quality. We went watched um, Portadown and Newington, and like see even the the quality that Newington have is 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 really good, and they're hot in their heels now too. If not, I think maybe they actually um, leapfrogged us maybe. So look, as I say, it's a tough league, but um, top six would be priority. Well, Newington, you know, we talk about January editions. Obviously, they brought in Roy Donnelly and he helped them uh, completely dismantle Portadown. What a result at, at Shamrock Park, that 4-0 demolition. Uh, it just shows you how competitive this league is. You know, Portadown, many people are saying we're going to blitz it. That hasn't been their experience of it so far. So, um, you know, as a manager, how do you navigate through the expectations, but also the, the rising quality across the division? Listen, I think that's a good thing, you know, and I think it's came from the from the top down. You know, your your Lawrence and, and Linfields and these teams are, are hot and in better quality. The quality is dropping down to the bottom half of that table. 
and their quality is now dropping into the championship. And I think because it's so competitive, as you just mentioned, uh, Rui Donnelly, like Rui Donnelly wouldn't go to the championship if it wasn't if he didn't think it was a good league. So it's now attracting that that bit of quality. And look, say I watched that game, top top class. And the more people like him that that take that step down, just to, obviously as a stepping stone to go back again more it's going to attract more quality to the championship and, and the league's only going to get stronger and stronger and I think it's great not so great when, when you're when you're getting beat some weeks but that's part and parcel of football and overall as a whole I think it's really really good and looking at you know Dundella as your next game there'll be teams throughout the championship hoping someone can stop them because they've had such a good season they are the league leaders um how difficult a prospect is that going to be? Because you've had two very different matches against them already. Well, I think, as I said earlier, the injuries. So the first game of the season, or first maybe the second game, we played them with a full squad. We beat Dundala 5-2. And, you know, we thought, OK, this is where we're going to kick on. This is going to be a, a really, really good season for us. But then, obviously, we're hit for injuries. And in the second game, they have, they have beat us 6. So, um, as I say... That just shows the you know the quality throughout the league. If you're not on it or you lose, or you lose key players that you, you'll be punished because other teams have that quality. Friday night, I think we're both back to, in my opinion, a level playing field because we have re-added. Um, but ultimately, they are the team to team to stop. And that's that's for you. This is the games that you you relish and you want to go into and then see where you're at. So um, look, we we'll the. We, we certainly, as I say, want to get top six, so we'll be giving them as, as good as we count ourselves as we can, and um, obviously trying to trying to get three points. Have you had calls or texts from other managers re- regarding obviously Dundella? We know can't be promoted even if they were to finish in the top two, whether that's automatically or in a playoff because of the the pitch thing. Are there other teams going? Look, you you need to do us a favour here, Kieran. Yeah, look. I don't, I don't really like to comment on, on on other clubs and what their ambitions are and things, but I would deep down say that the players uh, and management at Dundella are really disappointed, really um, down about the fact that they, they can't go up. I mean, at the end of the day, you're trying to keep players motivated. You're trying to keep yourself motivated, and ultimately for us in the championship, your motivation is, is to get to the Premier League. It has to be. Otherwise, it's not in my opinion there's not much point in, in being in it um, slightly different to Premier League you always like to get the top six and trying to get the Europe so listen, you, you have to have that, that ambition so for me if I was not I wouldn't like it if I was in opposition but I say everybody's everybody's different and I don't really want to comment too much on it but I say I would say they're deep down they're disappointed that, that they can't they can't go up or they haven't been able to get a, a ground share to go up and just for the benefit of listeners, it's a case that their pitch is, I think, four and a half metres too narrow. There are regulations in place, licensing for pitches uh, to get a promotion licence goes through the IFA. People have been talking about dispensation from NIFL. That really doesn't come into it. And the, the Irish Cup argument doesn't come into it either, because if you look in England, as an example, Marine were able to host Tottenham Hotspur. I don't think that's a Premier League ground. So, um, you know, just to try and quickly explain that to, to maybe some of our listeners who've been asking questions around it. But for you, it's just about matters on the field and, and trying to you know look at these next few games. Um, I, I'm wondering because you're playing a Friday match, will you on Saturday go and do a bit more scouting the welders who you're playing next? I believe they're away to Ards. Yeah, well, funny. I've actually I had the opportunity last week because the Derby game was called off, so we went and watched uh, the welders on, on on the Banger game, and we got to watch Newington uh, last night. So with Bally Clare. In, in the middle there um, potentially that could be that could be one we're going we're going to cup up um, yeah like I say any, any opportunity you get you have to have to make the most of it looking through um, sort of the, the recent run of games uh, the, the Porter Down game you know 2-0 two, two up they, they seem to be doing it before the Newington game they, they were they were going behind in games and finding the way back and you can only do that for so long Um what was your assessment of that match? I'm sure there's an element of frustration considering you put yourself in such a great position. Yeah, look, uh, uh, element of frustration, but as, uh, I want to be very realistic. If you'd have said to me before the game, take a draw, I would have taken a draw. 
and at full time I was happy with the draw because um, I think it was was no cliche but it was a game of two halves I think first half we were really really good really comfortable really good in the ball poor down couldn't cope us the back and to be very fair to them then they made changes at half time changed their defence around and um, were, were, were more solid and they came at us in the second half and I suppose in the end <laughs> a draw is, was a very fair result um, but look ultimately when you're 2-0 up yes to, to throw away that lead it was disappointing but as I said looking back and, and before they uh, would have taken the draw to be honest and given you know the problems obviously at the ground and the flooding and everything earlier this season there was a, a spate of away games you've now got a run of home matches uh, is that something you're hoping will work to your advantage yeah and listen there are four home games again again teams around us so I would say the top six will obviously be probably decided on on those games so there's no doubt it's it's given us a, um, a bit an advantage um, at home uh, but well, they're treating the game no differently to, to any other. It's you know the teams coming down know that uh, they all need three points because it's, it's ourselves, Newington, the Welders, and Ballyclare, and we're all I think in around that sort of 40, 43 points. So every every game we play each other now is a six pointer. And as I say, I, we we have them three teams um, all at home now uh, in in March, uh, end of February, March. So it's important that we hopefully come out on top. And just finally, you know, in terms of the ambitions of your club, I, I can hear already there's there's a bit of you thinking about next season and where you want to be again. Listen, as I said, Michael, you have to, you have to, your ambition has to be to, to be in the, the top division and be in the Premier League. There's no, in my opinion, there's no point in going out on a Saturday if you're happy to to be to be stale. So, listen, we'll be we'll be rebuilding and be going again. But again. Have have to be have to be realistic about it and have to be operating within within certain budgets and, and whatnot. So, um, but the last two seasons we've, we've proved that the small budgets you, you can still you can still compete at the top of the championship. So, um, listen, we'll as I say we'll we'll certainly be going going again to to try and get up. That is our ultimate goal. At some some stage, whether it be next year or ten years' time, <laughs> hopefully someday. And in terms of, have you any ambitious plans you want to outline for us? It feels like everybody's talking about waiting for money or looking to invest money in terms of the, the you know the infrastructure of their club beyond what happens with the, the playing staff, whether it's uh, additional facilities or improving facilities. Is there anything in the pipeline there? Yeah, well, look, we, we were into the DCMS funding. Um, we're on a reserve list for that. That'll hopefully replace the pitch. Um, whether we get it this time round or not, we're on the, res- we're on the reserve list, so Fingers crossed. If there's additional funding, we'll get that. Um, that'll be a brand new 3G pitch for us, and then ultimately um, a replacement stand with, with new facilities and um, change rooms and whatnot. Yes, absolutely, that'll be the goal. Whenever the the, the other funding becomes available, um, but again, that funding, I think it's a 20% match. So we obviously need to be realistic in that as well there's no point us putting in for a, a two or three million pound state of the art stand and then not being able to find the funding so as I say you know when, you, when you're going for this funding you have to you have to be realistic um, and what you what you can match and what you can come up with so um, but yes yeah, certainly if you, again you have, to, you have to keep moving moving forward Michael there's no point if you stand still you're, you're going backwards so We'll, we'll always be looking for that next opportunity to um, improve whether it's on the pitch or off the pitch I'm sorry I know I said lastly but that's just made me ask this final question do, do you feel that you have enough help in that you know I, I'm mindful that when you're trying to apply for things there's a lot of people involved trying to do the best for the club you know is there anything that could be done better in that process that could streamline it for you when it comes to trying to source people to find the most cost effective solution that fits Anna United yeah I think there is there is consultant consultants out there that, that do that kind of work but I think ultimately you know within the club you know we have enough we have enough football people we have enough business people and I think between us we should be fit to to put together a good enough plan and a good enough case that that um that, that sells our club that you know how much our facility is valued and 
as I say, especially the 3G within our community is open to absolutely everybody. The amount of people that use it is is unbelievable, including our our championship rivals, Port of Down train on it. You know, Clicka Catlistia, the Northern Ireland Football Academy themselves use it. So, like, I mean, it's just it's unbelievable what that provides to the community, and that's what we always try to try to sell. So that's why it's important for us. You know that we get the the pitch replaced and, and continue that um, support the the not just on the United Football Club but the community in general. Well, fair play to you. Love hearing uh, ambitious plans, and it feels like there's so many people at the minute just going with a little bit of extra help. We could reach that next level, and Annie United are, are definitely one of those teams. Uh, Kieran, thank you for your time. Appreciate it, and thanks for coming on to the score. Brilliant. Thanks, Michael. Appreciate it. The score with Michael Clark. That game between Annie United and Dundella kicking off later on at 8 o'clock tonight. It's not the only Friday night game in the Championship this weekend. A second plays fifth as well. Banger versus Ballyclare Comrades. That's at Clandyboy Park. 7.45 that gets underway. The other four matches that are scheduled take place tomorrow at 3 o'clock. Ards against the Welders. Balna Mallard face Portadown at Fernie Park. Institute host Newington and Dergview are travelling to Breda Park where they will play Knock Breda. A reminder that if you want to keep up to date with us, you can follow us across our social media platforms. We are on Facebook, X and Instagram at the score and I. You can always drop us a message. Let us know your thoughts on any of the matters that we've discussed or something you feel that we should discuss in a future programme. But for now... Our time is up. So a big thank you to our guests, to Kieran McGurgan, to Damien Mullen and to David Fisher. We'll be back next week to do it all again. Enjoy your weekend of sport. Bye-bye.